Yo, what up, family? It's your boy, Chef Chad Cherry, here again. We are inviting you to our inaugural episode of the Chef Culture Podcast. We've got some amazing things lined up for you. We're going to keep you rolling throughout the whole thing. So, as we kick it off, understand our first first segment, the first part of the podcast is called The Recipe. Because as a chef, you know, we got a recipe for everything, man. Whether it's in my head or it's written down. This recipe happens to refer to entrepreneurship, though, right? It's a recipe for success. And um, I, I like to think about things in this way. When you're building something, whether it is in reality or whether it is just something you're planning, you're very close to it. So you see it a certain way because you think about it all the time. It's, it's like if an old person ever says, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, I always tell people when we talk, right, because I have a coach. A lot of my people I go to, they have coaches, right? This segment is designed because I'm going to bring in guests that are going to share with us their information, their business, what they're building, what they're bringing to the world. And here when they do that, because it's not my force, I'm hoping I can see it from a bird's eye view and drop some knowledge. And we're just going to game plan. And the whole purpose of this is for you, the listener at home, to to be able to walk through different kind of business ideas and hopefully to help you build yours. So just hang out with us as we do this. We have a dope, amazing guest in the building. We have Joanne here. She is, well, let's start with how I met her. And then I'm going to let her tell you who she is and all that stuff, right? I met her because I did a dinner for her and her family during COVID, right? Um, the family gets together every holiday season, and this time they entrusted that to me. So, you know, that's kind of a big deal. I'm like, all right, let's chat. Let's not mess this one up, right? Let's get it right. And um, just amazing personality all the way through. And, you know, you you work with some clients, and it's kind of always like, hey, you're the help. Just do what you do. Keep it pushing. It didn't feel that way at all. And even afterwards, we found out that we were both in the same city. And she's like, yo, I'm going to plug you in. I'm going to introduce you to everybody you need to know. And true to her words, she introduced me to some amazing folk um, that have totally kicked off my business here in the city of Orlando. And she was very true to that. And we've just grown and built and hopefully we'll be playing some events together. So I want to introduce you all to Joanne. I'm going to let her tell you all about herself and her business. And we're going to dive right in. So my lady. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, thank and you. And of Come. course, I'm honored to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, when you and I met, um, we met down in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what I love most about it was your presentation, you know, and and when I found out and, and you told us about your movement and what you're doing as a thank chef you. with the culture, I mean, of course, it just spoke you know, to our hearts. And so as a family, we completely enjoyed um, the dinner. You know, the food was <laughs> banging, but, you know. You know. She hyping me up over here, y'all. She hyping me up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm Joanne, and Joanne Celestin, to be exact. And, you know, I'm here in Orlando. I moved here, um, I would say, about 17 years ago. So, you know, my family is originally from Haiti. And um, and we're proud Haitians, you know, and yes, absolutely. And we love good food. Let's just talk about that. Right. See, I should probably <laughs> had them cook a little bit for me. You don't know, man. I love some grill. <laughs> yo, some tasso and, and legume. That's the one dish I haven't been able to get down. I can make grill and tasso. Yeah. But I cannot make legume. I need a tea. I need a teacher. If you know anybody, I'm just saying. Talk I need mama. that recipe. You said, it's always the mamas, right? It's always the mamas, Always the mamas, always the mamas right? man. Yes, yes. Actually, funny story. You know how I learned how to cook rice for real the first time? Yeah. Um, I didn't date anybody before my wife, but I was I was talking to someone. You're right. And she was Haitian, and her mom taught me how to make rice. Because yes. I know in New York, we ain't really rock with rice too much. Right. So when I came to South Florida, I had to learn how to make rice. Her mom kind of put it's me on. It's a serious thing in the serious Haitian thing. culture. It's it's a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> it's an art of its own, right? Um, but yeah, so you know, I'm um, I I grew up in Miami, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I moved to Miami as a young girl with my three brothers and my mother um, and my father. He had he was a businessman, so my okay. father had so entrepreneurship's in the blood. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, my father um, 
was an executive in in Haiti. He actually Oshkosh Bakash and yeah. you know the um baseballs and all that that for the major league here in the US, all that is made in Haiti. And my father ran those I factories. Didn't know that. Yeah. And um and you know, and we also owned a pharmacy, you know, so and that pharmacy was around for about 30 years until we lost it to the earthquake, the major earthquake that occurred. So Yo. so I grew up like going to the pharmacy and, and you know and all that and in in Haiti like people don't understand like everything's dependent on that pharmacy you know like up to your IVs your fluids and everything my mother's a physician and so you know she ran her own clinic um upstairs of the pharmacy so um that's just kind of how life was for me in the early days and um you know Culturally, as a girl, it was kind of like, eh, you know, you're you were the girl. only girl, right? Yes, I'm yeah. the only girl. I've got three brothers. The boys are learning the business aspect, and I'm just asking for money for candy. And that's just kind of <laughs> how it was, you know, and eating a lot of the baby food. I was obsessed with the baby food. So, for some okay, so even though you grew up in an entrepreneur household, that wasn't always like your thing. Like, it did was you? not. Absolutely not. Oh, this is getting interesting. All right, yeah. please carry on. Please continue. <laughs> so, um, Grew up in Miami, went to University of Miami, and um, decided I wanted to do nursing, you mm -hmm. know, and I got into nursing. I felt like it was, I was a very, I'm a very service type of person. So, um, you know, I'm typically not so concerned about my gain as much as, you know, making other people Facts. like happy and just kind of getting them what they need. And, um, and so, you know, I moved to Orlando, started my nursing career career up here after I um, <clears throat> after I graduated, and um, and and it was going well. Got married, had kids, and then of course, just life happens. And um, mm. after a few years, I um, you know, marriage didn't work out, and that was for me a huge ordeal, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and after that, I decided um, during my divorce, it was very difficult and difficult for my kids. I just looked at my kids and I looked at myself and I said, you know, I had a plan for my children and, um, you know, marriage or no marriage, like what is the lifestyle you want to give your kids? What do you want to teach them? And um, I always grew up, you know, hearing my mother talk about her mother, my yeah, grandmother, yeah. Yeah, my mother was an orphan at a very young age wow. because her mother passed away. But back in the 20s, you can imagine in Haiti, you took it back. my yeah. grandmother um, had issues with her own husband, you know, but she was a she was a merchant. And, okay. and she was a, a wise merchant. And one year she bought a bunch of rice that people weren't interested in eating. They were eating some different rice. And then apparently a huge, you know, hurricane came through Haiti and wiped out all the crop. All the and so the rice that she had purchased actually, all of a sudden so went she up, made that. a fortune. And in the twenties, as a, as a woman, she owned like three properties and mm. she was taking care of all her kids on her own. So that little spirit kind of like shook me up. And um, it's in the genes. Like yeah. the entrepreneurship is in the genes for real. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner now and, and that's my background. I've been a nurse practitioner for about seven years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did an internship in emergency medicine. So, you know, health and wellness is definitely also true to me. And um, and so I was working in the emergency room and Oftentimes I see the men, you know, they talking about their investment. I'm yep. hearing the doctors, they're yep. talking about, you know, we this and that. And they're taking the boys' trips to, you know, check out this property and that. And so um, you know, I'm in the ER working as a nurse practitioner, and there was a one African American ER doctor okay. in my in our group. And group. I didn't even know her. Oh okay. one so, in the whole group, the right? Whole group. So I just started working there. So one day she came up to me and she was like, hey, she's like, I started a business. You want to come to my house? So I showed up. We chopped it out, talked it out. And I said, you know, it's about time. Like women offer other women business opportunities. Well, well, you know, statistically speaking, right? Women may start businesses later than men, but y'all are almost doubly more successful at it when you do. Huh. Right. Men, we start more. Here's the funny part, right? We start more, 
on average, men will make more over their lifespan, but we also fail more. So we take bigger risk. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying, the fact that you had another woman come to you, that that's big. That's yeah. big. That's a woman on a mission. She's been through some things and she's not <laughs> willing to lose, you know? And so, and that was the deal. So um, what we decided to partner on is, mm. um, you know, to work on a product together, um, which is from a skincare line from Rodan and Fields. Mm -hmm. And Rodan and Fields, we decided to represent that because, you know, as medical providers ourselves, we really believed in the science that was behind that, um, the clinical trials, the true, like, you know, we can really show you the proof on that. And um, Rodan and Fields was created by the two dermatologists who created Proactive, you know? And so um, the more I learned about it, it just was very fitting for us. Um, the other thing is I... I never started a business, you know. I'm a, I was a single mom with two kids. You know, because that was coming. That was coming. Okay, good. So, so you, so you, are first for it. And so, if I'm right, you did something really smart, right? Um, you went almost a franchise model, mm -hmm. but it's like franchise, mentorship, support, all rolled into one. Absolutely. And um, if, if there's people out there that don't know exactly the difference between uh, when you start a business, when you say you're an entrepreneur, there are so many different ways to start a business, right? It, it, there is literally, it's like fingerprints. There's many, many ways. Um, franchising is one way. And if you don't know that background, I'm not going to get into it here. We don't have time for that in this segment. Look it up. But what you're talking about is like a hybrid of a franchise and mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, so you got on with the doctor, the ER doctor, right? That's correct. And were you on her team, or did you start your team? Like, how did that? How did that pan out? Yeah, I mean, she had, you know, she had just. I'm talking about like that month had, had registered. So I came on board fairly quickly with mm -hmm. her. So we really built our team together side by side. Awesome. We did. And and what we did is we took Orlando, you know, all the beautiful black ladies and we came through and um it was it, it's beautiful. You know, it's really it's it was it's a great great experience that beginning that startup journey, you know. So, and how long have you been how long have you been doing with Rodan and Fields? I've been I'm going on my third year this year. Okay. So I started it exactly on my birthday, February. Well, congrats. And this Thank is a you. good time because you're not new to it. So now you, you've, you've been through the highs of starting. Starting a business is exciting, right? Telling everybody about it, right? You have been through a little bit of maintaining and sustaining it, right? Mm -hmm. um, where do you want to go next? And that's where I'll be able to to really jump in, I think, a little bit. Where, where are you trying to go to? Yeah, so, you know, um, in in promoting and actually, you know, advocating for my business and getting it up and running. I met a lot of great people. And, and through that, I was amazed on how I felt very resourceful as a person. And that's kind of, you know, as you tell your story, when you came in, I'm like, I got some people for you to meet. And, um, and to be honest, you know, I've also have had some personal life events, you yeah, know, that's yeah. happened. That's pretty tragic and stuff. Um, you know, we, we're here uh, as, you know, I represent a brand, um, Rodan and Fields, but as a black woman, I'm mm -hmm. representing that too. Yes. You know, so um, where I see the my, for myself as as a brand, you know, all together is not simply advocating simply for the for people for great skincare or beauty, but I say that I have three pillars, you know, within my scope of where I really see my vision going, which is, um, you know, beautiful, you know, obviously being always promoting that beauty. Right. And, and to be bold about your beauty. Yeah, man. Right. Whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, number two, leadership, really helping leading people, because I've had to train and, and try to really um, obviously, um, you know, mentor other people as well. And um, and finally, advocacy. I think that we have to always advocate for who we are um, as Black people. We just have to in, in, in our community. And we have to show that. We have to show um, why we're important. You know, our dollars are important. Yes, they are. You know, so that's my pillar on that. Yeah. Yo, okay, okay. So so that's dope. I 
I have so much to comment on, and I'm going to go a little bit over on my time on this one. We normally try to keep this segment to around 15, but uh, y'all got to rock with us today, folks. Um, I've heard some some amazing things, and I think one of the first things I heard was you being able to show up as your whole self, being authentic. We're in the middle of the great quit or the great resignation, whatever you want to call <laughs> that, right? And it's because during the pandemic, people were like, I'm tired of not showing up who I am. I'm tired of having to hold this down. And so a lot of people turn to entrepreneurship. And I think that's great as an entrepreneur. But I think that there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. So first, I want to just congratulate you because you you have been able to navigate this, right? And show up as yourself throughout the whole piece. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we always talk about people is we say, hey, look, if you're going to be in business, that has to be it, right? In the beginning, we're all passion, just like a relationship. We're all passion, right? But passion only gets you but so far. You have to, whatever you're working with has to be something that you would do without getting paid because you got you got to love it on that intrinsic level. And and for you, you're a caring person. We see it in your regular life. So so what you're doing crosses over. So getting into the into the business side of this, right? It is always, it is always, always, always about numbers. But what people forget is that numbers only tell what you were doing right. Numbers don't necessarily like people are like, oh, I need to make money. I need to make money. You can't make money without doing certain things right. And so you've got a lot of things. I, got, I talk to people a lot. Like when, when we're giving consultations, I'm saying, hey, look, what's your ecosystem? People are like, what, what does that mean? Right. Your ecosystem is the group of women that you have around you. And listening to you, the, the first thing I would look at from a high level, what I see is that I think that's the first place you've got to build. I think this year for you going forward and getting to the next level is expanding your ecosystem. It's being able to build additional platforms for the leaders that you have in your business that are also bringing it out. Right. Because you as a leader, you, you you've done a lot and you yourself can bring in a lot. But you're you're capped by wherever your team is. And why I say ecosystem over just team is because you got to realize, like in sales, if I have a product, which means I'm in sales. Mm -hmm. Right. Every interaction I have with someone is a sale. So you, when you're going out, right, your ecosystem is your hairdresser, right? It's your coworkers. Mm -hmm. It's the guy who does your car wash, right? Or, or, or young lady, right? We, we unisex nowadays. Um, but it is, it's an ecosystem is a true community of people that are in and around your life that should know about what you're doing. So, and that coming to your team level goes back to what I said about elevating and building platforms for them. So... In this kind of situation where we're dealing with a skincare product and we're dealing with a time where black women, especially, we want them to be so proud. Like, yo, we've always been proud of who we are, yeah. but we're finally seeing the rest of the world saying, yo, your beauty is beautiful. And, and, and it's a simple statement, but it's profound because we just haven't seen up until now. You haven't seen as many examples of it. The timing is right for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what you're doing if you're able to build your ecosystem, right, and empower those people, platforms that you could build could be all about impact marketing. As a business, we have to put dollars into marketing. Mm -hmm. As small entrepreneurs, we may not literally have physical dollars, but there's different forms of sweat equity that our time generates our dollars. So when we say impact marketing, how many people can you touch? Mm -hmm. Do we have clubhouse events that maybe your ladies can talk about and talk about skincare, right? Mm -hmm. Can we go do maybe a 16 year olds say, hey, look, we're gonna give away a, a full makeover for some sweet 16s, mm -hmm. right? For people around the area, right? Mm -hmm. How many people can we physically touch? Mm -hmm. Because making a woman feel beautiful is a whole different form of empowerment, especially a young black woman. And that's the other thing about it, right? With a product like yours, it's high end, it's medical, it's 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 proven. Mm -hmm. So the demographic would probably not be a younger demographic because disposable income, right? That's a buying decision for a younger girl to say, hey, I want to go spend a hundred dollars on makeup or something, right? However, if you can find ways to impact that younger demographic, and I'm talking about with giveaways or even samples or just something, or just going into high schools and talking to them, you build up a, not just a loyal customer base, 
you build up a customer base that that really has a pulse and that's going to spread. They're going to totally expand your ecosystem in different ways because of a time factor. So I say that because a lot of times when we're in sales, we miss building our constituents. We're going for, we're looking for a narrow field. We're looking for a niche. And the niche is great. But after you've been in business for a couple of years, you've got to say, hey, I have to, I have to find something to, I've got to build up something. I need people that can grow with me. And you're neat because your niche gives you your base, but we're comfortable. But we want to do more than be comfortable. We're trying to thrive out here, especially as entrepreneurs. So young women, they need you. They need your team. They need to hear from you. So if you can put a plan in place that attacks them. And, and the way I like to always um, tell people is look at your year differently. Right? Break your year up into four big goals. So instead of just a quarter, instead of just saying, hey, this is my goal for the year. Look at the things that we were talking about. And if you like it, this is just my thoughts. Because like I said, I'm eye level. I'm right? loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah, and so. say, I want to do this in the next three months. I want to do this in the next three months. I want to do this. And by doing that, you fight off our natural tendency for procrastination. Because for real, for real, if I give myself a year, I'm going to get to that during November. <laughs> <laughs> but if I give myself three months, now I got to get moving on. So those are just a couple of quick thoughts from hearing about you. And I'd love for us to talk more off camera. But I just listen, guys, this is what we do. I want you to understand from these segments that whether you are an entrepreneur in the making or in your mind or in the reality, find somewhere to start. Take some lessons from this and let's grow. Joanne, I want to thank you so much for being on. Do you have any closing words you want to thank give? You. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that, um, you know, you can learn to do anything that you really want. So if your desires is to be in business, although that's not where you started, um, you know, there's wonderful coaches, just like we're talking here with Chad. Um, you can learn to do anything. And sometimes Gosh. you do have to channel some spirits from your past. Grandma, grandpa, think of someone, you know, who went for it. And Bring them so, in. Yeah. Listen, y'all, that has been the recipe. Hang on with us. We are going to be rolling into a next segment. Chef Dre did us dirty. He has the food in the building already. Oh, my gosh. So thank y'all. That's the recipe. Hang on. We're rolling into another one. See you in a second. So we were just on with my homie, Joanne Celeste. Right. If you missed anything, I'm going to give you the takeaways because I want you to really get this. Joanna Celestin, she's an independent consultant for Rodan and Fields. Her contact is at Intrinsic Beauty. OK, Intrinsic Beauty. You can find her there. I'm not giving away the cell phone. Yeah, no. Um, you can holler at me in the DMs. I ask her, but we're not giving away the cell phone. And if you want to find her on Facebook, it is her full name, Joanne Celestin. Now, you can go straight to the website to order from her, but she does consultations. And trust me, you want her to give you that special attention. All right. So contact her for that consultation. Set it up today. And as takeaways for what we were talking about, this is what you want to remember, future entrepreneurs. First, number one fingerprints right every business is different they're like fingerprints they're all unique if you don't know the different types of businesses do your research okay and there's thing there's multiple multiple ways to be an entrepreneur so what we were talking about just now on the recipe that's one way that's the first thing the second thing second part of our recipe because these are all ingredients for recipe y'all is that whatever business you do has to be 100% you you have to bring your whole self to that business. You have to be in it and it has to be something that resonates. Ingredient number three, cultivate your ecosystem, okay? This isn't just your base, right? It's It goes beyond just having a niche, right? Your ecosystem, this is your support as you grow and as you move. And this is how you really get into the deeper work of owning and growing and being an entrepreneur. And ingredient number four, our final part in our recipe, is this kill procrastination instead of setting one big goal for the year break your year into quarters okay so have a goal for each quarter there's actually a whole book on this it's called the uh, 12 month no i'm about to mess that all the way up it's called uh it's, it's actually called the three month year and um it talks about the concept of just killing procrastination by breaking your your year into quarters so that you have a big goal each quarter it's really proven science it's something to look at and that right there is the recipe i'll see y'all on the next segment family 
Yes, yes. Okay, so with Chef Culture Podcast, I told you it wasn't going to be all business. We was going to get into some chef stuff. So this is what it is. This segment is called Essential Eats, and it is because it's truly essential. If you know me, I've told you before, the best chefs are not in restaurants. Now, there are some dope chefs in some restaurants, but universally, most chefs even tell you this one's true. So my job as Chef Chad Cherry is to bring you some of the most essential, not just food, but essential people that you need in your life. If you love the food, you have to love the person. And that's what Essential Eats is about. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Chef Andre Skywalker. I'm going to let him tell you why he's a Skywalker. That, that's my guy, man. I've literally known Dre for over a decade one of my oldest chef friends um and, and more than just that right because this this isn't about like nepotism or something like as a chef i take so much pride in food and quality and something being dope and if i say something's dope it's dope it's not ain't we ain't giving no free passes out here and and keep in mind for all my folks at home being a chef ain't got a damn thing to do with going to school Right? It's great that you went to school. And yes, you can go to school and call yourself a chef. But there are a lot of chefs who went to school who can't cook work a damn. And there's a lot of people at home that are killing. Matter of fact, I know some grandmas that'll murder any chef that wants to get it. All right? Trust. Chef is a lifestyle. That's why when we talk about chef culture, it's a lifestyle. It's the culture of this game. You got to live this. You got to breathe this. And that is what Chef Andre Skywalker brings to this. He brings a passion and a flair for food that, that has always hit me, man. Whenever we, we chop it up for an hour about one dish. We're not going to give that to you all today, but I want to introduce Chef Andre Skywalker. Chef Dre, please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And you had a dish for us today, right? We already we done crushed it. I, I, but, I, uh, I, made, I made a fantastic dish for you guys today. First of all, thank you for that intro, Chef Chad. Yes, sir. We've, um, we've been rocking for a long time. You know, we've been in this. Um, but my name is Chef Andre Skywalker, uh, the Jedi of Flavors. Uh, you know, I like to infuse different flavors. Wait, 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 wait. You on the dark side or you on the... What oh, side do you want? Blue sky. I'm blue Skywalker, Skywalker. Let's on, go. Man. I'm on the blue side. You know what I mean? Blue all lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> all the same, um, you know, food is what I love to do. Uh, you can find me at uh, Season Lead Catering Co. Uh, at um, gmail.com. Or you can find me on IG at Season Lead Catering Co. Or Chef Andre Skywalker. Um, based out of Lake Mary, um, but basically I service a lot of different areas. The Orlando area. I'm a traveling chef, so wherever you want it, I got it for you. You know what I mean? Um, so today, I brought yeah. you... Yeah. And when you say traveling chef, because mm. people always forget, right? Yeah. They'll see a chef and they'll hear that you're based in Orlando, right? Mm. If the price right, I can see you in Miami, right? Absolutely. Price if the right, price... I can see you in Atlanta, right? Yeah, that's, 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 if that's if that's that right. ticket's there, you get to the West Coast, you right? That's right. You know, that's right. So people. it's all about, you know what I mean? Reaching out, each one, reach one. If you, if you need me, just reach out to me. I'll be there. Yes, yes. So if y'all loving the chefs that we provide, just realize, man, these chefs can be anywhere and everybody deserves a chef. Facts. Right, right. All right. So, so one distinction I like to say when you talk about chefs, um, you know, I say that cooks cook and chefs create. And one mm. thing about when you are a chef, you have the handle to be able to kind of move on the fly. You have an opportunity to be able to merge fusions, you know, merge cultures. And that's what I pride myself with, being Facts. able to kind of operate on the fly and be able to merge different styles, different flavors, um, different cultures, you know, that's a big thing. So, um, it's I, like, it's like having a Rolodex almost, right? <laughs> like we always talk about this, like I could read a recipe and in my head, I'm tasting it in my head. Right. And I know when we chop it up about stuff, sometimes you'd be like, yo, what did he put in that? Right. Yo, it sounds like he should need a little bit of lemon in there. We'd be like, yeah, yeah, he did. He's missing something, man. Right, right, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So it's been a pleasure, man. I mean, today I made for you guys a uh, jerk salmon chipino. Wait, chipino? I thought it was a cipiano. Nah, it's actually chipino. It's chipino. <laughs> so chipino is traditionally an Italian dish. Um, it's usually focused around seafoods and herbs and spices. Um, what I did today was I infused uh, some salmon. Uh, it's usually a white fish dish. Mm -hmm. um, so I brought some salmon. I did like a honey jerk salmon. So what the honey jerk does is kind of balance out the spices in the salmon, in the, in the jerk rather. And then you top that with a uh, uh, mussels and you've got shrimp and you've got clams, all of these uh, seafoods that really give a nice, a robust flavor to your meal. Um, it's usually a, a tomato based dish. Um, mm -hmm. So in this case, mm -hmm. you know, I added different things. I even crossed cultures and added but some. I think know. I think you're being a little humble there, yeah. right? Because, <laughs> yo, this dish mm -hmm. in its classic recipe, right, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a fish stew. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, this, this is a true comfort food dish. This is like a, you know, that that's that's as important as this. I was working hard. I got fish too, right? It was a fresh catch of the day. We gonna throw in what we got, mm-hmm. right? You took this up a level. You gave it a fusion spin mm-hmm. because you would not have seen the fettuccine, let alone jerk. That's true. Never would have seen jerk anywhere near this yeah, dish. Right. And then what was masterful about it? Because he's like, yeah, you know, it's normally a tomato base dish. He being real smooth, right? You gotta understand. <laughs> The sauce, the sauce is perfect. So there's, there's the tomato still there, right? But instead of it being heavy, because you know tomato can get heavy sometimes, it was a really light, airy kind of sauce. But it wasn't. Um, it had a light feel, mouth feel, mm. which for seafood, especially, you know, what I'm saying whitefish, right. you don't want a heavy sauce. Right. Like I feel like in this dish, I think that that your, I think that your translation of this dish, to me, elevated and made it so much better because I think with a tomato or a heavier tomato base, we're gonna lose some of the flavors of the, of the seafood. Mm-hmm. So 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 what it is is um, you know food is food is like a is like a canvas. Yeah, you know it's all artistry. And when when I think of chipino, as you said, it moves like a poor man's dish. It's something you, you kind of use what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do I, how do I step that up a notch? Facts. You know, um, generally it's served as a stew, which is usually by itself with like a, a, a toast, uh, crostini or some bread. Um, I thought about it as how do I plate this? How do I make it look, um, high end, yeah. you know? So with that, um, I reached for some fettuccine and what I did with the fettuccine was I, uh, added some sun-dried tomatoes and some olives some olive oil and kind of mm-hmm. tossed it in that, gave that its own personality. Yeah, yeah, it's deposited its own thing out. Right, right, right. When we talk about food, you know, everything has to have its own personality because yeah. it's artistry again. I gave that its own personality because that's the that's the base. You know what I mean? That would be the the, the first first coat of paint, basically. Got it, got you know it. what I mean? <laughs> um, then you've got the color from the uh, the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And usually, like you said, it can get really thick because tomatoes, when you, when you take them and stew them down, you know, unless you are pureeing it, it can yeah. really kind of get kind of get chunky. It can be overpowering, yeah. Um, what I did was I went across cultures. I used some mirin. Mm. Japanese. So, oh, so you brought an extra level right. of fusion with it now. With it. But you gotta tell people what mirin is. I know what mirin is. Okay. Tell people. So, so mirin is like uh, it's it's in the vinegarish. Um, uh, what I say, sweet. Yeah. Family. You know what I mean. Um, but but it, but it lightens things. So maybe it's that's like a sweet cooking it. wine. Yeah, almost, sweet cooking yeah. wine. Almost right. Right. Like like a rice wine vinegar. I also use some rice wine vinegar. <laughs> so so between the mirin and the rice wine vinegar, you now have an airy kind of not so thick sauce. Yeah. Um, because I know I'm going to use the star of the show, which is going to be the jerk salmon. That's going to have its own deep flavors in itself. So it's going to have its own rich thing. And, and I think what you were saying is your, your sauce mm-hmm. was a counterpoint, but it was also a bridge between your salmon, which had the jerk Absolutely. and your fettuccine, and fettuccine, which had the flavors of the olive and go. the sun-dried tomato, which go. are also stronger flavors. For sure. For sure. So, so, so it was, it was almost like a bridge, like you said. It was meant to make them complement and kind of meld together. It wasn't meant to really stand out. It was meant to kind of, like I said, bridge the gap. So, bro, you wasn't meant to stand out. I was taking the clamshell and I'm dipping it into the sauce and I'm, I'm slurping the sauce with the clamshell, dog. Just the sauce. That's what's up. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it's things that come together. You know, what I mean, when you love what you do, it shows. You know what I'm saying? And 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 for me. You know, it, it's just about getting in the kitchen. It's about thinking things through, you know, and, and kind of letting the ingredients speak to me. You know, it's not something that I really go in it with an idea. I just mm-hmm. get that. I've got this. I've got this. How do I make this? How do I step this up a notch? Take it from the traditional, keep it traditional, but also then elevate it. Also bring some. And I want to I wanna touch on that because you say it just comes to you, but I want to underscore the fact that as a person, right, mm-hmm. who has been uh, in the professional world as a chef, mm-hmm. For over a decade, mm-hmm. just coming to you is also built on the foundation of knowledge of cooking of thousands and thousands of hours of noise. And I always try to explain to new clients, they'd be like, you know, chef, hey, I got your proposal in it. It's a little high. And, um, <laughs> you know, say they take a pause. They'd be like, uh, and, and, and it's trying to say, like, mm-hmm. it's trying to the thought process that, that you executed right. in just one dish. Mm-hmm. 
right? And trying to tell people to try, you can't explain that on paper. And that's, that's what you get when you get a real chef. And that, that's what this segment is about. That's why I want, I wanted people to get into our minds, but I also want them to get into your mind a little bit, dude. This has to do with some of your influences, man. So where are you from? You know what I'm uh, saying? Like where, what, what, cause this, this, Ain't nobody doing jerk salmon like that, right, bro? So was a weird, weird, yeah, something. Oh, well, 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 I'm from Jamaica, born in Jamaica, uh, raised in the Bronx, uh, moved to South Florida many moons ago. Um, you know, created a, a life myself, life for myself down there. Uh, but I've been cooking forever. You know, we've had restaurants in New York. My mom's classical trained. I've always been kind of under a wing. Um, fostered the love for it a long time ago. But as most teenagers, we are so occupied with the ways of the world. Here comes music, here comes art, here comes all these different things. And we're fighting our natural instincts, yeah, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, it got to a point to where it kind of rallied back and said, you know what, um, I might be pretty good at this. You know, you got the buddies over and everyone's like, Dre, you got anything to eat? I'm like, uh, what you got? And before you know it, here comes something. They're like, where, where? Yeah, where'd you get that this from, This wasn't brother? here, like, you know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, it, let's it, do it, something it, together real yeah, quick. real quick. Um, that people still talk about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got buddies that were like, Dre, you still got those fritters? Like, I'm like, fritters? I'm like, man, that's like 1980. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, fritters you talking about? You know, but, but nonetheless, um, it left that mark. And I yeah. realized I can touch people with food. Um, you know, my, my, my passion for community, my passion for um, just being natural and real with people, you know what I'm saying? I think that shines too in my food. Um, as you talked about, when you're giving proposals and talking to people, they don't get it. They think they're just hiring someone, you know, but there's a level of expertise that comes with the, the knowledge of flavor, the knowledge of, um, you know, presentation. You know, these are things that, that, that mean a lot to me. I, you know, as we, we, it's cliche now, but we've been saying to eat with your eyes yep. for years previous before it became a, yes. a thing, you know what I mean? Eat with your eyes first and you kind of, it's a sensory experience You go through. You smell it, you, you see smell, it, you see then you it, taste. salivate, you eat it. And I, I can say, though, I've been disappointed because a lot of these chefs and places I go into, I get, Yo, set, up, I get set up for the okie doke. I'm like, woo, this is what it's about be. to be. And oh, man, you need some of that, you need some of that, you miss, you know. So, and that's the, and that's the thing, right? That's mm -hmm. the thing. It, it is I, in our industry, mm -hmm. anybody can literally go and put on a chef coat, right? But the, the actual time that it takes to develop this mm -hmm. is what's important. And that's what I want to highlight on this segment, man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dre hasn't mentioned this, but he has been, as a chef, he's been a chef mentor to some of the, like, especially in, in the Orlando area. Mm -hmm. There's chefs out here that's doing it that that when they first started, they was calling Dre mm -hmm. every week. Yo, <laughs> how do you price this? Yo, what about this? What about this combo? Mm -hmm. But to go deep, like, when I was first getting my wings as a chef, he was a mentor to me. So we spent a lot of hours in the kitchen. Dre be like, yo, check this out. Try this. What about that flavor? Nah, Chad, yo, you'll do this, you know? <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's an important detail. And, and with this whole celebrity chef culture, you lose some of those details because it's easy to be like, oh, yo, I cooked for this person, that person. That doesn't necessarily make you like that. Right, don't make right, you right, dope. Right, right, right. You, throw, you, you know throw what I'm saying? Out, you can throw out so, celebrity status. But for me, it's about. And you got some celebrities under your belt, too. Yeah, yeah, you got some celebrities under your belt. You know? but, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it doesn't make me. It doesn't define me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, they're there, but they're there for what? I mean, is it, is it cloud? Is it for, you know, I mean, uh, exposure? You know, at the end of the day, if you're not doing it for the love, it's, it's going to show on the food. Like like we talked about earlier in passing, your wife <laughs> was like, when when Jad's not feeling it, you can taste in the food. You can taste in the food. You know what I'm saying? I mean, likewise of myself. If you're not feeling you taste it in the food. And that's, and that's the thing, right? So I, I think, you know, with this dish here, man, mm -hmm. You must have been on one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we can taste it in the food. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, I think it's important, again, especially if you're representing yourself, that you you, you give your all, you give your passion. And I don't shortcut anything. I'm not the one to use, um, you know, a lot of the canned stuff. You know, I'm, mm. I'm old school. I grate my coconuts. I milk it by hand. I do things that I know is going to give that flavor. Give that gonna extra. Give you know, that extra oomph. So, you know. I got one question yeah, for, for sure. you as we close out, sure. right? As a chef with your experience and your skill and your talent, man, mm -hmm. who, in your opinion, can you name someone who you think is up next? Is there a young chef that we should be paying attention to that we should check out? Is there someone who you think deserves to get a get a shot get on this segment? So I know a lot of dope chefs that are almost there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say that I, that – 
They're there already. I mean, we're, we're, the question you're asking me, I feel like it should be somebody a little bit more up and coming. We've already got some. We got kind some of kind of established. Right, yeah. right, right, there, right, right, right. Is there anybody you've seen either, whether it's on IG or just something else, that just caught your eye that you're like, hey, you know what? Um, I've, I've been watching. I mean, I, I just see a lot of cool things happening. I see more cool things happening with the with the food industry in itself. I can't say anything about it specific, but I like the way I'm seeing the. The, the, the courage that people are really cross-blending platforms. People mm. are doing all kinds of things. You know what I mean? Like we talk about oxtail tacos and all these kind of things. Yeah, these right. Things like, you know, um, that's, that's, that's inspiring. Okay. So, so I feel like, you know, the torch that we've kind of lit, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's burning brightly, you know, and, and chef culture has been one of these things that's really now giving back and helping people really grow, really have that synergy and have that, mm-hmm. That platform where they can make some noise and and, and feel good about you know what we do what as, as chefs. You know? Love it. Yeah. And if people wanna wanna hire you or they want this dish, sure. you're available for a personal chef personal for chef, catering. catering. I do cooking, clean house, cooking, cooking classes. I do meal preps. Okay. You know, um, basically I'll customize to what you need. Yeah, got it. it. I always like to leave it. Yeah. So listen, y'all, get it, Chef Andre Skywalker. Um, that is. Chef Andre Skywalker um, on IG or, or Seasoned Leaf Catering Co. on IG also. And you'll be able to see this dish. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put the recipe up because I want you to holler him for the recipe. But you'll see this dish on Chef Culture. You will see that coming up soon on IG and everything, man. I want to thank you for spending this time for being Absolutely, here. Bro. And I want to thank you for filling our bellies. <laughs> always love, brother. Always love. Always a pleasure, man. You know, we got to do this again. And we're doing it for the culture. All right, yeah, fam. Thank you. Up. Appreciate yeah, you. Man. And um, that about wraps us up. This has been uh, an amazing episode of the Chef Culture Podcast. Here, we're going to bring you, like we said, it is food, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle. And every week, we're going to bring you something from each of those realms. And part of that is this. Yes, every entrepreneur is a chef. Facts. But also, every chef is an entrepreneur. We're giving you that time to love and enjoy. And that's it. Peace, family. Man, there's so many incredible things that I want to share with you guys on the Chef Culture Podcast. There are places I want to take you sonically and for my YouTube people visually, um, and we're going to get there. But I think it's important that as we embark on this journey, I bring in a little bit about myself. And and kind of like a good present, we're going to unwrap layer by layer, bit by bit. It's not going to be all at one time. But for this very first episode, I'm going to introduce you to someone who I literally would not be sitting here without. It is my wife. Her name is Karen Pandy Cherry. And we are going to talk about a topic that I've heard from many entrepreneurs. It's a big one. Um, And this, I know this is the interview part of the show. It's not fully an interview because like I said, I want to, I want to give you all a little bit about myself in this one. So we're going to talk about dating and entrepreneurship and we're going to do it unconventionally because we're just going to talk through our story and kind of how it came about. Now we ain't got enough time to get you anything. We can't get you all the sauce and then in this little bit of time, but I promise you, if you tune in for the subsequent episodes, like I said, just like unwrapping a gift, there's going to be more and more. And I just want to kick it off, you know, our, our inaugural episode with something about us. Um, so, babe, touch the mic real quick, man. Say hello to the folk. <laughs> Let them know what it is. Hello to the folk. That's know it. what it is. Really? Yes. That's what we're doing. That's what we're you doing. You see how she starts us, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, what's up, everyone? It is me, Karen Penny Cherry. I am the wife to this fabulous man right here who started this um, amazing Chef Culture podcast. And I'm super excited to actually be here and to be talking to you because we talk all the time, but, but to, to you've like. You've been actually, in the room for every part of the show. I have been, and I'm so excited. I'm actually going to listen to it all again when it, when it comes out. But yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you. So I'm going to tell you her background because she's not. I'm not. And then we'll start. We'll, we'll just jump <laughs> in. So um, my wife is not a chef. Okay. No. She's uh, was in the legal field. Um, when I met her, she had just graduated law school. She was working um, for a large firm and she was working in a nonprofit. Uh, she is currently in the nonprofit world. Yeah. Right. Um. She is the vice president of programs for New Leaders Council, which is a national nonprofit. And so I say that because while she can cook, um, 
yeah, that that's not her focus. We we are actually two sides of, of the same coin. Yeah. Um, and it's and and cooking is only my love when we are together in the kitchen doing it. Man, and that's Other only for that- like the first hour. <laughs> Once we get into our like three and four of like an event, then I'm like, you know what? This shit's for the birds. Yo, we used to be a catering. And if you could see her face, she'd literally be giving me the wrap it up signal. She'd be like, mm, wrap it up. We wrap got to up. go home. I'll, I'll be like, up, baby, they're still up. eating. I don't care. Take I their plates. Care. Take their dish. Take everything. They are done. And I'd be like, yo, babe, she, nah, we got to go home. This taking too long. Take it is the long. hardest. Working with a chef is the hardest. Thing I've ever done, and I've had three kids by C-section. I've been through law school. I've taken the bar exam, and it is still the hardest thing that I've ever well, had to do. Chef is physical, um, but I it's think men- it's mental too because it's there's just a lot of there's so much service that goes into it, right? Yeah, like you're putting yeah. your your heart into things, and and you're serving people with food, but also with your with your personality and and all of those things, and you are so happy go lucky when you're doing it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, but I I need to be because it's your brand. It'll be so funny. People at events be trying to talk to, her and I'll be looking at them. I'll be trying to give them. The, mm-mm, <laughs> don't talk mm-mm. to my wife. <laughs> Come talk to me. They don't be getting it though. <laughs> it's no, okay but though. It's because... um, you know, it, it it's uh, it speaks to I guess just the balance of play and why well, I said this is about you know talking about like dating an entrepreneur because for the bulk of our relationship, bulk of our marriage, um, we work together. So so here yeah. here's this right, <laughs> we live together, we have kids together, and we did a business together, yes. and that business was the only source of funds, um, and I think that was actually to our benefit because. <laughs> When I met her, I would call her like two, three in the morning, and um, we just talked because she happened to be up. Yeah, but I was always up. Yeah, yeah, which which I worked. Didn't sleep up. I didn't sleep a whole lot, and you didn't sleep a whole lot either. Why well, didn't so sleep? Because like, I was working. But I would, I, I tried to date other girls, and I would tell them they'd be like, "Dude, why can't we go out on a date?" I'd be like, "I'm working." I'm working. And then, especially if they wanted to date me on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, oh hell no. Nah. Those are the busiest times of the day for like that's the busiest time of the week for a chef. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and we understood one another, I think, in the beginning. But I mean, it's also that um in my background, like my father was an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Like he um he worked for the government in Belize, but then launched his own company. Like he sat us down when I think I was 12 or something. He sat us down and he was like, Listen, I'm gonna open my own business. And I just want y'all to know we may be eating like sliced bread and cheese for like a minute because money's not going to be flowing like that. And like that was the beginning of of my life as an entrepreneur. But he did that, you know, his, you know, the, the rest of his life. So I but, think I al- already had that understanding because I was like raised in but it. But when you started dating me, did that make it any easier? Hell no. <laughs> no, you ain't gotta say it with that much passion, I though. You ain't gotta I, say it with like, that no, much conviction. Not. Like, damn, people no, like. No, I love no, <laughs> baby. You know, I, you know, I love you. It's just that you know, women would be like, "Oh my God, Chef Chad, oh, really? if I could just have a man like you in so. my house to cook for me all the time." And I was I literally I like, so. I was literally like, if y'all only knew what it took to be able to handle chef chad to be Not able much. to like manage his business and all that okay the business side yes yes the business side yes oh you're you're the sweetest man that i know thank you I'm, giving, I'm not talking about you as a like you as your personality because in your personality like we gotta correct some things on this show here like we're just right, you're right you're right you're right you gotta correct some things so like his your personality is the most like you're you give people the shirt off your back or like the roof that's over your head and you'd sleep outside so not you your personality but you as an entrepreneur like and then an entrepreneur in the food service yeah business i think the food service business is like one of the hardest well, i think um industries to be in i think to be fair i think any entrepreneur would say the same thing it's just it's the time that it takes to make a vision reality. Yeah. And, and I got to say, that's one of the things I appreciated most about you when we first started dating. Because I dated so many women that they would, at first, they thought what I did was cute and cool. 
Yeah. And then later on, they're like, yo, why don't you get a real job? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, this is a real job. Like, they, no, no, no. Why don't you get a nine to five where, like, you can cut things off? Because it's the same thing sort of day in, day out. And the hours were, the hours were really long. Were but I mean, yeah. you know, it was, it's funny because before we started taping just now, we were um, talking about what I thought when I first saw you and you came in to do a cooking demo. Mm-hmm. Um, the, com- the nonprofit that I was working for hired you to come in and, and do a cooking demo. And I remember I walked in a little bit late um, and I was with Kirsten, um, our daughter, who was like mm-hmm. four or five at the time. And we sat down and I listened to you teach the audience and I remember looking at you and being like, oh, my gosh, like I this is this is the kind of man that I could build an empire with. But I don't think I would have been able to say that if I didn't already have a very keen understanding of who I was and what I wanted. OK, because because, yeah, man, because I like I said, I when I met you, I was like, well, see, this is the damn reason why I ain't married, because there's women like this standing around. And um that <laughs> Are you thinking more of the physical, like, ooh, look at that booty. I mean, that's all I saw. Like I, I was thinking, <laughs> I was definitely thinking, but then I knew that you were also like the program manager for the nonprofit. I, yeah. I knew a little bit about your background. I was like, damn, she just came out of law school. I'm I'm in my mind, like, yo, listen, right? You know, I mean, she might be able to give me a little stability while I build this business. Cause you know, it's like you you get to put yeah. like uh having a long-term partnership is you got to think about it differently. And while I had no idea what it meant to be married and raise children at that point in my life, I did know that I needed a specific type of woman because I had tried <laughs> unsuccessfully, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of other things. And, um, you know, the one thing you always had was you you had a lot of patience with me. And I know I'm special and I know I'm very. So if you ever date a chef, I have to tell you all this, ladies. We can be the most particular people in our craft. We have to be so super detail oriented that when our minds get fixated on something, it has to be that way. Like there's not really a margin of error. And it's this this weird balance between like fixation of things need to be this way and then creativity on top of that it's just this very weird sort of mix of you're very specific and very particular about like where you put things mise en place and all of that very specific about that but you still um you still have like this these creative i mean and that's that's what i was going to say because i'm flexible in most parts of my life, I couldn't really give a damn, bro. Like, there's a lot of things I'm like, yeah, I don't care, right? But when it came to my business and when it came to especially, like, the product, the end result, the food I was putting out, how my caterings looked, how I dealt with the clients, I was very, very, very anal. And I think in the beginning, you were just looking at me like, <laughs> this nigga, like, there's a couple times you was giving me the real crazy. Oh, there were more than a couple times when I did that. It was funny, is she? It, he, okay, so here's the funny part. As particular as I was and as detail oriented as I was with that, I would go to write an email, and she'd be like, "No, no, 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 please, 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 please don't, don't, don't say please, that. please, please don't, please don't write an email." But you also, <laughs> I mean, I. I speak really you know, well, but typing and other stuff. Like, but see, and that's that was that's why I said it's 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 the dating an entrepreneur. I gotta say this from from a guy's standpoint to our to our women or to our others, to our significant others who would date us as an entrepreneur. Even we are really strong at what we are really strong at. Right. Right. But the things we are weak at. Yeah. Y'all have to, you got to work with us and you got to have a certain way about working with us. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is, um, you know, folks won't be able to take our formula and make our formula work work for for them. them. Right. What, what I think we can do is, you know, tell you the, the, the pieces to our recipe, right. The ingredients that we, um, put into our recipe. And um, a lot of that was on my part, it was love, right? I think for women, 
you know, know how many times you, you tried to strangle me? I tried to strangle you a lot, but then I realized that if I strangled you, then I would be the one who have to take you to the hospital. And then that would take time away from what I really have. To, you know what I mean? So I end up losing anyway, so I really couldn't strangle you. But, you know, it the the pieces to our recipe, I think, are I, I really, as a woman, fell in love with you in a way that even though I am not a patient person, by like as like a part of my characteristic i think the love that i had for you made me want to support you like in we're talking about in the beginning yeah that love carried me and made me want to support you and made me want to um help you to actualize your dream but then at a certain point that love wasn't enough yeah right? i think because i think that's where we we started developing the common goals right like right we knew we wanted to leave a legacy, not just for our kids, but for our community. Right. You know, something um, more than more than money. Yeah, yeah, something a lot yeah. more than money, and and that was, and I gotta add that part in because you know, like we we had deep love for each other, but having a business, especially when you have kids, and this is literally how you eat. Yeah. We got evicted. No, no exaggeration. Literally three out of the first four years that we were together. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Which for and, me as a woman is difficult, right? Because women want stability. Mm-hmm. We want, um, we want to know that those, those comforts, even if they're not comfortable, those things that we are accustomed to a roof over your head and food in your refrigerator and a car to drive and all of that. Women want stability. Our, our ability to, to take on risk is much lower than a, than a man's. And so it, it really got dicey there. Yeah. And, and for me, I was just like, yo, I know it's right around the corner. I just can't give up. Like as long as we don't stop, we just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. And I know we butted heads on that a bunch of times because Cause it's like, yo, shit. After eighty hour weeks, like looking back on it now, I can understand where you were coming from. Cause like after eight hour week, if that's not enough time and the shit, then then like really, what else do you have to do? But for me, it was like, yo, I just need another twenty hours, right? Like I know yeah. we're at eighty. I just need let me just get a hundred. I just need to put a little bit more time in it because as a man, I just felt like it. Failure would have been to give up. Yeah. Failure would have been to stop after feeling we had come so far. And for me, I thought I thought that failure would be doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And so we made a compromise, which was instead of giving up and instead of doing the same thing over and over and over again, we found ways to pivot through the years that kind of allowed us to really walk together. We taught we communicated. I think that's one of the things about um, us being in business together is that we were together 24 seven and yeah, we talked a lot, a lot. Yo, I, I gotta say that was tough. I'm a man, dude. Like if I had a problem with somebody, we would fight and keep it moving. And like, and you can't do that with your wife. So we talked a lot. We talked. I couldn't even, people. I couldn't even leave and go to work cause we worked together. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we vacationed and, together, which we didn't really have. We did like vacations or whatever. Oh, um, man, and there were days was, she would just talk to me, and I'd be like, "Baby, please." But we Baby, we we walked. Second, we we talked and we walked. We did together. You did a lot of growing. Yeah. Right. Because in the beginning, you'd be like, you know what? I don't want to hear this anymore, and you just walk out the door and like Basically. come back at night, and I'm like, how how. How are we supposed to work it out if you're walking out the door? And so, well, because I, I like felt like I felt like at times you you didn't hear what I was saying, and what it turned out is that you know communication really when they say it's a two way street is real. It's I wasn't hearing what you were saying, but because I was so focused on you not just giving me what I wanted, I felt like you weren't listening to me. It, it's it's the it's the thing, like in entrepreneurship, like I said, our strengths as a business owner could be our weaknesses in a relationship. Right. Because as a business owner, like if I'm negotiating with somebody, I stick to my guns. If I'm planning something, like, like I got to fight for what I know is right. If I believe that things should be a certain way, I've got to push for that. In a relationship, you got to know when to let go. 
and we'd be I'd be so hyped up from the day of business. We come home. You know, I think one of the things we learned, too, from working together, living together was um, not how to separate because people will tell you you got to have a balance. I will tell any entrepreneur listening, there is no such thing as a damn balance. Right. <laughs> that is nonsense. Right. The balance is that three months out of the year, I might be going hard and maybe for, you know, a week or two, I'm going to take a little break or something else. The balance is, it's not like the balance in being in business in a relationship is not finding, um, not finding literally rest per se, but finding the place where you can move through things, move through issues. It's not what, I, what I'm trying it's to like say. It's like a is, skyscraper. Yeah, you know how skyscrapers are made to kind of like yes. wobble back and forth a little bit just so that they can, so that they can keep standing. And, and, you know, there were times when we worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and we had no rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, six months later, we'll get, you know, the opportunity to sort of take a break. Um, and we, we let go of this, um, we let go of the idea that anyone else had about how to how do it How we right. should do it, how our lives should be. We let go of other people's ideas of normal and the right. way we were raised. And we started defining what we wanted our life to be and what we wanted our right. kids' lives to be. Right. Because no one in our family had lives like us. Yeah. And their kids didn't. And it, it's, it was very different. And especially when your kids are younger, you ask the question of, am I doing the right am I, thing? Right. Am I, am I destroying them? Am I, <laughs> am I breaking them? You know, a lot of times we would work overnight. And so our entire household be would be up at one o'clock in the morning. Right. When we talk to our family members or friends She's and their kids, have, their kids they have a bedtime, like, they've got a bedtime and it's eight o'clock. And, and, and I would lament over those things like, Oh my gosh, we're ruining our kids. And we just came to the place where we were like, you know what, here's what we're going to do. If we're, yeah. if we're going to stay together, number one, when we don't understand what the other one is saying, we will fight to get to each other. Yeah. We will fight to, to get to the, to the place where we are standing in front of, of one another. And I think we asked a question of each other, like, are you in this 100%? And, yeah. No and backup. Yes. And I was, and you asked me, am I in it a hundred percent? And I said, yes. And at that moment, that was when like that, that question of, you know, whether or not there's a backup or there's an, an exit there's no, sign yeah. on the door, like over our shoulder or whatever. And, and we just realized, you know what? We want something different. We want something we want that has life. never been seen before. And, and we're only going to get there if we if we go together. And I, I got to say that that is probably the whole ethos of someone who is truly an entrepreneur what they want to reach is something that they haven't seen that their family hasn't seen that that's just it's a different place and that drive is so much a part of them that when you have someone that doesn't understand it Mm -hmm. they can't even explain it because they may not have fully realized what it is and so you know i mean i I, we can talk for hours on this um but i want to say that if you listen to this in, in, in male female right whatever role you play in this, whether you're the entrepreneur or you're the person who is dating the entrepreneur, um, grace, Mm. right? Um, There's a lot of things I think you could extrapolate from our conversation, but if I can leave you with one, I want to say grace. Give your partner grace. Give yourself grace Mm -hmm. because there literally is no one path for achieving what, the dreams that you have in your heart mm-hmm. and nor should you it dim those dreams because other people want you to dim those dreams. Mm-hmm. And, and especially if you're and I, I'm an entrepreneur, so I always speak from that angle. But if you're the person dating an entrepreneur, give them grace because just because you can't understand what's driving them. If you can't get behind that, get behind the fact that you love them mm-hmm. and give them a second. Mm-hmm. Right. I can promise you that they love you just as much that they will pause naturally. Yeah. And, you know, I would um, say that to thine own self be true. Right. Like I recognized in you 
the partner that I needed, right? I I was able to recognize that because I was able to recognize myself. And I think a lot of times people think especially women are so afraid to be by ourselves. And the truth of the matter is, is that until you really spend time with yourself and learn your what you're willing to, to give up and what you're willing to compromise with and what you need in order to be fulfilled. When you come to the full understanding of who you are as an individual, that is when you will find that person. You're not gonna find that person if you don't know who you are because you're always gonna be chasing something that you see or think right, is is supposed to be. You'll look at our relationship and think, oh my gosh, like I want what they have. Well, you don't know what we were willing to go through to be able to get what we have. And we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be willing to go through what you would go through to get what you, right, what you want. And so to thine own self be true, man, spend the time, learn yourself, know yourself, enjoy yourself, enjoy life with yourself. And I know I said that was my last thing, but um, this is truly my last thing. Comparison is a thief of joy. In dating someone, compare your relationship to no, no one. one. Mm-hmm. Y'all define yourselves. Mm-hmm. Marriage, life, all that. 100%. Yeah. So um, I know this isn't like, I know we probably <laughs> started more questions than we've given answers. I'm I promise sure. you we'll do another segment together. Um, but for the first one, I hope this Hopefully gives you some insight into our Hopefully heart. Hopefully you'll bring me back for, for a couple because I've got some more. insight for the ladies. We've got some more to do, but I wanted people to, to understand, I guess, that probably explains um, our passion and, and why we do what we do, that this is our why. So when you see the Chef Culture podcast, when you see Chef Culture, the ecosystem, when you see myself, this this is our why, like what we went through as a family and what we want for our kids and our legacy for our community. Absolutely. And we thank you for listening. <laughs>